I'm Susie Anetta, Editor-in-Chief of Design Anthology. And on this episode of the podcast, I'm chatting with Maxim Velchowski, Art Director of LASFIT, who's dialing in from their headquarters in the Czech Republic. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. It's such a pleasure to be chatting again. I think the last time I saw you was in Milan and that might be two or three years ago now. Gosh, I can't even remember. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Of course, of course. So I wanted to start at the very beginning of your career and actually find out what you originally studied. So I, I st- started uh, studying at the Academy of Applied Arts. I, like it was like secondary school of applied arts, and uh, before before the academy actually. And uh, I started uh, ceramics uh, as in as a uh, nice mixture of you know creative media like design, uh, sculpture, painting, and graphic design. And uh, I I you know I started the ceramics from the age of uh, fourteen and. Uh, I ended up at the Academy of Applied Arts. Uh, so together, uh, it was like 11 years of studying art, basically. Wow. And uh, then, um, meanwhile, I was uh, also designing other things from, from fiberglass, from glass and from other materials. And uh, But, uh, you know, at the age of 14, you have to decide actually the way you like to go in your life, which is quite early. And... Uh, and uh, my father was a, is a is a painter, and I was very much influenced by his, uh, uh, you know, by the uh, well, by the way, uh, how you as a kid, you know, we were all always visiting exhibitions and parties and uh, uh, living kind of bohemian uh, style. And uh, my father was uh, always mixing colors in the kitchen. We used to live in a very small flat, and uh, his our kitchen was his studio in a way so he was mixing uh, colors on a porcelain plates and uh, we were actually <laughs> actually eating from those plates uh, being stained by colors from the other side from the bottom <laughs> and uh, so it was uh, uh, quite um, and i actually always i was always uh, appreciating the you know uh, like uh, the way that you are actually free to work uh, from your home or from your studio because during the communist times you know it was compulsory to be employed Way I was uh, looking at as a kid uh, back in the communist days. Um, uh, I was 13 when the revolution happened, and uh, so before you actually, the idea was, uh, uh, you know, to uh, to live with the art uh, and uh, with it within the art world, uh, which I found very interesting because uh, we were visiting with my parents, you know, a lot of studios, uh, like artist studios, and uh, each of the artists had a, their like a personal style, and uh, f- for a kid, it was very impressive to see these kind of uh, portfolios and of, of artists and uh, the way how they experiment with materials. I think it, it influenced me a lot. So then I decided to also uh, step into the art world in some some way. Mm. And so between university and your formal studies in the art world. 
uh, were there any other you know jobs that came along um, in between then and and where you are now at Las Vitas as, as their art director? Did you work anywhere else? Yeah, I was an art director as a, at the Kubu uh, Studio, which we founded with a friend of mine uh, back in 2002, which will be 20 years uh, soon since we we established the studio. And actually, this studio was, uh, you know, we had a imagine that in Prague there was no design shop uh, uh, where you would find a Czech design. So we 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 founded the first one, first place to. There were definitely the brands, you know, like uh, Moroso, Capelline, uh, uh, and these su- super brands. But there was no platform for presenting Czech design. Wow. So we, we we started this uh, space that we would present our own pieces because we were not able to present our pieces anywhere else. And uh, so that's uh, how Kubus was founded, and we started uh, to produce things ourselves in the factories, like a kind of a backdoors. Uh, to design things and I came with my diploma work I had like six or seven uh, pieces uh, um, uh, ready and uh, so I, I, I met uh, Jakub Berdych who, who was the co-founder of Kubus and uh, we decided to to uh, you know come up with this uh, space so we would present our own pieces and our friends pieces as well and this, this was actually quite a so immediately from the academy, I step into this uh, creative uh, world, but also, uh, you know, having a design job was kind of resp- it brought a lot of responsibility and uh, and uh, you learned how to produce things, how to pack things, how to send them, uh, how to, you know, uh, you know, to, to, to get into the process of actually making. Mm. And uh, imagine those days that uh, uh, factory owners thought that design is something expensive and designers are here to suck out money from the uh, <laughs> budgets of the factories and uh, so we had to kind of um, do this kind of uh, small revolutions and to to design for them very slowly from the beginning you know and uh, to come up with uh, also designs for uh, for other brands wow and then i became a art director of uh, one furniture company and uh, from kubus i stepped into last week. And so how did Last Fit come about? Did you meet Leon uh, directly or did it come about another way? Actually, it was, it's kind of a bizarre story because Leon uh, uh, met uh, Stefan Hamel, who is our consultant, uh, somewhere in uh, Shanghai or Beijing, I think, at a party. And uh, uh, Leon showed him our uh, Last Fit catalog and uh, Stefan uh, recommended him that he needs an art director Someone who would uh, choose designers, someone who would take care of designs and uh, and uh, bring up some designers and uh, to design for Las Vegas. So Leon uh, flew from Hong Kong, which was uh, his uh, kind of a home place. Mm. He's and uh, and uh, we had a, we were supposed to have a, a lunch, like one hour lunch, which uh, we prolonged, I think, for a four hours uh, <laughs> uh, meeting and. Uh, he already <laughs> the time he, he showed me uh, you know some sketches by other designers and he, he asked me choose the one which would you would uh, prefer to produce so I chose one <laughs> and it's a one nowadays one of our kind of iconic chandelier by Ronnie Plessel as well oh. so it started in a pub actually in a, at a bar and then the second, <laughs> second day he second day he asked me if we if we if I can join last week actually 
wow. and uh, so it was quite fast the decision and uh, I uh, he asked me to to come up with some kind of uh, philosophy and strategy uh, you know uh, what I would recommend for Laswit to do in the future so I immediately told him we have to start to work with this with Czech iconic design designers before they pass away because uh, all all my life I'm, I'm collecting things and I'm collecting objects I'm collecting glass and uh, I'm also collecting bizarre things like uh, rulers or remote controllers like TV <laughs> remote controllers or toy guns so I collect everything and uh, glass is one of my is between my collections and uh, so through through my life I met so many important and interesting people and they when, once I tried to collaborate with them you know they were in the age of like 80s 90s even and uh, i told them i told him we have to be fast and we have to do collections with uh, with people like rene roby uh, with vladimir kopetsky with uh, with borek Šipek, and um, uh, and then then with alessandro mendini uh, you know and uh, these iconic uh, names and uh, mm. luckily we, we we made it uh, and uh, these uh, guys and uh, are not here anymore, but uh, their their ideas are within our collection, and I'm I'm really uh, proud that we we were able to do it in time, and uh, and I could uh, I could join these masters uh, at our furnace and uh, and uh, and be their like left hand to <laughs> just assist them once they were creating something, which is always an amazing uh, time to explore things because you you see the guy you know, the masters at the spot and uh, then they are kind of sketching and uh, doing prototypes and things like that so uh this is one of my roles you know to to root the brand and to create this uh, portfolio because uh, you know behind the iron curtain uh back in the communist days uh, a lot of creative people were hidden mm. in a in the middle of uh, nowhere and they were always they, they had their uh, best uh, times uh, during the world expositions you know like expo 58 in brussels or montreal or osaka mm. these uh, kind of uh, the expo 58 expo expo you know um, um, uh, this world exhibitions were the only only moments uh, how uh, Czechoslovakian artists could uh, show up and and create some uh, something for the rest of the world to to to, to come and see and uh, they they always won uh, the golden medals and uh, awards uh, for their achievements and uh, these uh, things were actually forgotten in time so uh, my idea was to reconnect and uh, to bring their them for the international attention uh, through last week and uh, mm. I, th I think that uh, with, with René we did actually in his uh, I think it was like eight or six years old or something like that and he created the first you know uh, chandelier in serial production life because he was doing only bespoke projects for embassies for Czech, Czech embassies around the world or or public spaces and I asked him to design some something uh, which we would be able to reproduce, and uh, so, so, you know, this process was fulfilled with with so many steps. How to, how to, how to uh, 
propose our DNA for the rest of the world that because we are coming from the uh, very creative uh, area Bohemia and uh, and uh, the Czech glass is known as one of the our country's kind of uh, you know uh, uh, materials that we are uh, known for it for ages mm. for centuries uh, and uh, yeah and uh, you need someone uh, some like uh, Poets uh, who would uh, just uh, translate their ideas through this tra- very beautiful transparent material, and uh, and uh, and you need them to come up with uh, with uh, with uh, ideas that we would be we would translate them into installations and or products or vases or or uh, objects. And uh, uh, through throughout te- through ten years, I think we uh, we made a lot of uh, really incredible uh, mass of work with them mm. and uh, and then we and then we then we uh, we needed also to have a uh, you know someone from the from the from the abroad uh, that uh, who would come up with uh, to not to only stay in the Czech Republic but uh, uh, company needs a kind of a flashback uh, from from outside and uh, uh, we did the first collection. Uh, Fabio November was uh, uh, taken uh, as a kind of advisor before I came to Las Vegas, and he proposed Mo and Mattia Lanier mm-hmm. to to propose the chandeliers for Las Vegas. And so Fabio was one of the first one uh, who was proposed by Stefan Hamel, and um, and uh, this was like first Milano, I think, 10, 11 years ago that uh, last week uh, stepped into this uh, design field uh, within uh, with with these uh, uh, great names, I would say, uh, designing for last week. Mm. That's I actually wasn't aware of that long history. Um, that's really interesting, and obviously with your role as art director, kind of bringing these names together, but. Um, also designing pieces yourself, but I think what we wanted to talk about today was actually your involvement in the custom-made process and the collaborations that you're doing with um, with interior designers on projects around the world. And I wanted to ask you, yeah. um, you know, how does that normally start? So, you know, what, how does the conversation begin when an interior designer, you know, say perhaps approaches LastFit for, you know, a, a custom piece within a hotel whether it's you know in a lobby or a ballroom you know Mm -hmm. what what kind of questions do you start asking the designers how does that all begin well it begins usually like um uh that the interior designers or architects are asking us for you know they 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 kind of propose uh, something they come uh, come with a project and then uh, there are like uh, two types of uh, interior designers Um, some of them they have quite clear vision and then we have to fulfill their vision, but uh, uh, kind of uh, infected by Laswit, I would say. <laughs> and uh, then there are interior designers that they, they they come to us and they they give us a space, and uh, we we are here to design something, uh, you know, for them from from uh, our designers team. Mm. So. Uh, because sometimes you know, uh, creative people, uh, creative architects, uh, interior designers, they have their like uh, visions. They they uh, show you some like a, like a mood board, sketch their sketches. Uh, uh, they bring their uh, kind of idea of a space, uh, and then uh, it's a kind of a dialogue. Uh, and we are coming uh, back with uh, with designs and. Uh, 
mostly they would come to our furnace to to see uh, either prototypes, mock-ups. You know, they would. The best thing for us is to uh, for interior designers that they would even uh, join the prototyping, you know, period, or they would experiment directly at the, at the furnace spot. Mm-hmm. So because sometimes for I was mentioning Nando in the beginning and. Right. Uh, and then there was one. Uh, I think we were one of the first glass companies for him to 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 play uh, with uh, within the glass. I, I mean, and uh, so he directly was sketching, you know, things, and he were trying some of the, uh, things uh, uh, at the furnace. And as you see how the glass is, you know, melting and 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 and, uh, and uh, stretching, you know, and uh, evolving, then you actually get uh, new ideas. And this uh, without. Uh, uh, you know, being at at, uh, at the sp- spot, uh, you would never probably come up with uh, certain ideas that you realize only if you are there. Mm. Because some 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 processes, some shapes, you can't uh, uh, you can't actually uh, render or model. Uh, you know, in a computer, you re- right. need to really touch touch them and to and kind of. Uh, you know, uh, play play uh, with the modes that you they are. Existing for uh, for uh, ages uh, that you you are using uh, existing structures, you know techniques and tricks uh, because each uh, blower has it, its uh, uh, their own tricks mm. and uh, you need a sometimes you need a strong man to lift lift up uh, you know thirty kilos in the air and blow it and uh, sometimes you need a really uh, sculptural guys uh, who are able to model with with the uh, with with the glass so. Uh, it's a lot, a lot of experimentation uh, on the way, mm-hmm. but uh, at the end, uh, you know, we we bring uh, our designs, and uh, sometimes we are interior designers like us because I think we are not only like servants to fulfill the interior designer's dream, but uh, we also like experimenting and we come up with new solutions. I would say mm. so. So, so you're pushing uh, them into new things, yeah. pushing them to try, experiment. Yeah, we, we try to push them into new things. We are try to explore within a new, new, a new uh, technology and new tricks. You know, and uh, sometimes the glass can be fused, can be blown, it can be slammed, it can be mold melted. You know, so it can be welded. So there are uh, several techniques that you can influence their uh, visual language or. or or visions, and you just need to show it to them because they don't know it uh, unless you don't uh, unless they don't unless they don't see it. So uh, I would say that it's a kind of a, uh, you need to uh, you need to uh, open this kind of mystery box with uh, <laughs> uh, with this material and, and to influence them. Right, and, and I, you mentioned Nendo earlier. You said that he was quite influenced by. Being at the furnace, and I love that you call it that, that it's not a factory, that, you know, you're calling it a furnace. I really love the sound of that. Um, do you find that that happens quite regularly when, say, a client, a designer comes to the furnace? Are they, will they change their mind? Will the design sort of start to evolve once they've seen production? I think yeah, it it, uh, it happens uh, quite often uh, because it's it's a constant, uh, you know, evolution and uh, uh we are here to propose uh, things because sometimes you know when you are doing kinetic things that glass uh, shouldn't touch you know the shapes uh, should uh, regularly move for example so we are here to 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 be 
in advance and to come up with uh, ideas. And then these ideas are translated uh, within the glass models. And then interior designers uh, uh, very often come and they, they are really influenced by the by, uh, by our first outcome. And then they realize that uh, some things could be changed or that they can be you know evolved uh, or or uh, because the imagination <laughs> doesn't have a, you know uh, borders, so right. everything starts start from the uh, scratch but uh, at the end uh, you are limited but by set, certain uh, the physical aspects of the material and uh, so you need to uh, you know our our last work is a combination of art and design but also of a technical solution and, and engineering which is a, a very important because um, sometimes every component must be hung you know uh, mm. and uh, the old composition is a piece of art uh, uh, and you need to engineer sometimes, you know, that the weight of the installation can be like uh, 20 tons or something like that. And wow. uh, uh, which, which means that we are starting at the point where the house is not there yet. So we are right. virtually yeah. uh, sketching and uh, shaping the space before it's built. That's and uh, which is also also uh, the process that people uh, don't realize, but... Uh, we are, we are starting like four, sometimes four, three years before uh, uh, the skyscrapers are, are built or the space is built. Or um, so sometimes, you know, we, we have to be part of the really engineering, mm. the construction. And uh, in this, we, we've got quite a unique uh, expertise, I would say. Yeah. So the development process between you and your team and the craftspeople and then the designers that you're collaborating with, I, I imagine that's a combination of technical drawings as well as prototypes. Is that true? Yes, yes. The technical drawings, it's, uh, uh, it's a big... Uh, Topic, you know, because you need to really uh, consult it with the, you know, the, the statics, you know, and uh, all all these points. And uh, technical drawings is uh, important part of design and of this arty uh, context, I would say, because without that, you would never be able to to realize things. That imagine sometimes uh, it, in the beginning, it happened to us that uh, interior designers proposed something, we made it, and we came into the spot, and then these. Uh, ceilings were kind of not uh, in a proper way so you, they need to redo all the ceilings and mm -hmm. uh, we are coming our team is coming again to to you know to to install things so imagine you are installing this uh, art piece or this bespoke installation for uh, sometimes weeks like three weeks four weeks or a, one month uh, you are uh, you are uh, standing uh, at the uh, kind of scaffolding and and uh, solving the 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 problems of 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 uh, of uh, of the spot and uh, you, at the end it, it must be beautiful glass installation where where each components and, and sometimes there are like 10,000 components in in, a, in the installation must be in the right spot so engineering is really it's a good uh, good question that engineering is a very important part of it mm. and uh, yeah, and and we are also here to to propose these solutions for interior designers. 
Right. So I'd love to talk to you about um, a couple of projects that you have not just been involved with, but have also designed. And and there's a couple of examples that come to my mind in this part of the world. And and the first would be the Lotte World Tower in uh, in Korea, which is mm-hmm. quite an incredible installation. I, the the diver that's um, you know made of all of those little glass bubbles. Do you, do you remember how many glass bubbles there were? There is, I think, uh, I think twenty thousand or something like that, and oh, I was gosh. actually there uh, personally to 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 uh, fix them. Really? Uh, and how long did that installation take? Actually, it took, uh, I think, um, I think several weeks, definitely. I'm, I'm coming, uh, you know, like a last person to to make the final touches uh, with, uh, uh, you know, because you are really it's a piece of art uh, in a way that you are fixing it personally, and you need to. Uh, fix every single bubble into the right spot to achieve the right composition and things like that, you know. So mm. it, it has been really a, a challenge and it was one of, one of the, our first uh, bubble installations. Uh, the inspiration was this uh, pearl diving uh, tradition. And uh, in this very special sp- uh, spot at Lotte Tower, you know, you have to come up... Uh, with a, a huge construction, and you are you are fixing twenty thousand uh, uh, spo- uh, bubbles uh, by hand. So wow. so ima- so imagine that uh, you needed quite a skillful team to 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 make it. And very patient too, I imagine. And very patient too. Yeah. <laughs> and did you did you have to bring extra bubbles with you in case some broke? Actually, yes. <laughs> uh, you, uh, uh, always something happens, which is uh, part of our job, you know, that you need to uh, either come up with uh, extra bubbles or extra material or, you know, to uh, to, to, to fix uh, things in the right uh, composition. So it, it happens, actually. It happens quite uh, often uh, but uh, normally everything is calculated and uh, there is the, everything is we, we always over um, we, we uh, like uh, we make more uh, you know pieces than uh, than than we really need so mm. uh, sometimes you got uh, at the end you got a uh, boxes fulfilled with the uh, with the bubbles so that uh, that uh, you don't really need but uh, you know you are imagine that you are making this model in a computer you are making simulations of the space you've got like a five sizes of these bubbles and then uh, uh, it might happen that uh, some size is uh, missing so you, you need to just send a new box with the new bubbles right gosh it's a lot to think about <laughs> and, and it's quite a uh, because when you are pioneer in this uh, Sometimes, you know, when we are doing uh, kinetic installations that uh, you are uh, actually uh, constantly uh, exploring and experimenting and each project is different and each project is bespoke. So there is no uh, similar, I I would say, projects and uh, you need to have really a skillful team to to react and to sometimes, you know, uh, uh, be be in the right uh, in the right spot with the with the right compositions and the ra- right uh, tricks uh, to help you. Mm, yeah. So there's a more recent project uh, in this part of the world, um, actually where I am at the moment, which is the K11 Museum Mall in Hong Kong. 
um, which was another installation that you designed. I'd love to hear your uh, description of what the inspiration was behind that installation. K-Eleven for me was really uh, something uh, extraordinary because I was actually creating these chandeliers uh, as a kind of uh, science fiction or like uh, things that would never be realized. <laughs> and uh, then I realized that clients like it. And, uh, you know, because I created a, a steam uh, kind of steampunk chandelier, right. which is... Uh, which is you know blowing this steam around and uh, so it was combination of uh, craft technology welding steam uh, hygiene uh, uh, music and the light together and it was so difficult to you know uh, make all these things together uh, such a big expertise with the uh, engineers uh, from this kind of steaming processes you know methodology uh, so everything is really super hygienic and it works properly then there could be combination of light and sound and 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 then uh, then the metal works and uh, and the glass works so my inspiration was you know the, the place itself because um, i was making research on a, on a spot and uh, it has been uh, kind of industrial uh, part of a Hong Kong uh, where all the trains uh, used to come, uh, you know, like these steam steam trains, and uh, it has been a port, a very important industrial port. And uh, I love industrial places, and I, I love industrial spaces once they are converted into something else. So uh, actually, the uh, the context is changing from these uh, from these docks. Uh, or ports into this, uh, you know, whatever uh, shopping malls, uh, kind of habitats or or uh, developments. Uh, and uh, we are we we. I was I was inspired by this uh, by the the, the steam uh, the century of steam and of this uh, industrial uh, heritage. I would say. So I thought, why not to make this kind of a steamy, you know, uh, industrial kind of a tube uh, chandelier, which would uh, be, uh, you no, know, you, you, I was, I, I tried to uh, uh, propose it as a technical ornament, I would say, because in the, you know, we have a very strong history of a beautiful uh, classical chandeliers. Uh, uh, from the Maria Teresa, you know, we call it like uh, Theresian chandeliers that, that, uh, in the type of a lira, uh, in, a, in the shape of a lira. And so you've got this kind of methodology how to judge chandeliers. And I thought that uh, this chandelier would be purely like technical stuff uh, welded out of a tubes and uh, uh, with these glass components and, uh, and the steam coming out of it. And... Uh, uh, so it was kind of a big challenge to experiment. It yeah. was quite a, a fast in a well, and uh, and it, now it is there. So uh, it so is. It's, uh, so some, yeah, and it's uh, also a miracle for me that because uh, right right now I'm looking at a small scale model that the, I was, we were printing uh, out. Uh, 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 from the printer, and uh, I can compare it with the real, uh, you know, uh, size, uh, which I actually only uh, saw on the pictures because I, I I didn't have the opportunity to during this, you know, COVID uh, uh, situation to, to see in reality. 
Yeah. But uh, I, I saw the prototypes and I was uh, I was choosing you know colors and type of a welding and details and how to how to make the right curves on on a shape to so the steam can go out and things like that. So it was quite a challenge, I must say. So and, uh, and what, it's another how long... step for Lasvid definitely. Yeah, uh, absolutely. To, to come up with, with this uh, new dimension of chandelier, I would say. Absolutely. And how long did the entire process take to develop the idea and then to actually manufacture and install that piece? I would say that in this in this very special uh, project that it was the process was quite fast. I, I, I designed it in a, I think in a one month, uh, uh, you know, to to, to 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 experiment and to sketch things and try them. And then I think well. Usually in our, our field, uh, the decision making takes quite a long time. And then uh, once the decision is done, sometimes we have quite a, actually not, not uh, much of time to, to complete things. So I think this chandelier was done in a couple of months. Uh, I would say it took a half a year or something, less than half a year to, to, create, thing, to, to create it. And then uh, installing, uh, including installing. So it was quite a... Compared with other installations, this was quite fast, I would say. And, and sorry, in our in our field, you know that uh, you design something and then you wait two two years, three years. Sometimes things are on hold, you know. Uh, sometimes uh, interior designers de- uh, decide uh, for a- another idea, so you, you need to rechange them. But this was uh, this one was quite quite clear, and uh, it, it was quite. Uh, it was an exceptional project uh, for for last week as well because uh, we we again uh, added something uh, some some added values uh, and uh, and we experimented in else like uh, the steam things and things like that. Yeah, it's quite an achievement, definitely. I wanted to talk about one more project that's uh, here in Hong Kong that happened a couple of years ago, uh, a little more temporary than the K11 installation, and that's the Christmas tree uh, that Yabu Puschelberg designed. I think it was called the Cypher Christmas tree, mm-hmm. uh, based on maybe some components from lighting that they designed for a collection for Lasvit, and it was on display at the Upper House Hotel here in Hong Kong and I think subsequently auctioned off. Can you tell us a little bit about the process of creating that? I mean, a Christmas tree is uh, one of glass and I imagine some metal componentry, but a little bit of a different uh, kind of um, project than what you've just been talking about. How did that come about? Yeah, yeah, uh, collaborating with with Glenn and George is always a big challenge, and they are super creative uh, couple and uh, one of the really amazing uh, architects uh, shaping the uh, uh, interiors of today. And um, and uh, this is again, uh, you know, um, uh, thing uh, about experimentation. So imagine you've got these components, and then you are playing with them, and you are creating. Uh, this kind of algorithm so the christmas tree is actually looking nearly like a kind of a dna kind of model or something and uh, there is quite a, a engineering uh, important part uh, is the engineering of, of the christmas tree so so it, this this project was really uh, also a challenge to to calculate the statics and to light light up the uh, light up a whole object t- together. So uh, this, this has been really uh, uh, us again 
uh, experience because uh, imagine this came from this uh, from our lighting collection and uh, and uh, Glenn and George uh, translated this uh, component into this uh, into this sculpture and uh, for us uh, collaborating with them is always a challenging process because uh, they always come up with some uh, incredible idea that we need to fulfill their dream into reality Sometimes the glass is uh, not the best, you know, material for for making, uh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, super, uh, in you know, uh, sculptures. I mean that the glass uh, has to be uh, fixed in the right moment, and it's a kind of fragile material. So we are here to to solve it out. Uh, and uh, Christmas tree look, looks really like a minimalist uh, symbol. Uh, of uh, of a tree and it has been really it has been really quite a quite a, a job uh, to to make it real but we we succeeded uh, and uh, it looked uh, really incredibly uh, gentle and and a fragile uh, sculpture which is lighting with all this engraved you know lines and uh, and the components and uh, uh, so we, we love to collaborate with uh, creative people from all around the world and uh, Abu Pushberg is definitely one of them. Yeah, they're great. And the tree was beautiful. Um, well, I just want to say thank you so much for your time, Maxim. It's been a pleasure chatting and, you know, we're, we're all still a little sad that, you know, Milan didn't happen this year um, where we would normally see you, but we always look forward to seeing what's yeah. new from Lasvit. So... Um, we hope you stay well and look forward to seeing you and seeing what's next. Thank you very much for inviting me. And uh, yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, we, we, we definitely, Milano is a really amazing, uh, amazing, amazing place to, to chat with everyone because all great people come to Milano and uh, I think that we all miss it and uh, hopefully it will happen next year and uh, hopefully we can all meet there. Yes, I hope so too. <laughs> yeah. Well, take care. And uh, yeah, thank you so much again for your time. Th thank you. All the best from Prague. I just ended uh, my quarantine. Uh, I got negative tests for COVID. So I'm, oh, that's uh, very good news. Uh, staying uh, uh, positive with the negative tests. <laughs> that's good to hear. <laughs> Stay that way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All the best and uh, thanks again for, for being part of your uh, podcast. It's a pleasure. Thanks again, Maxim. Bye.